MSU stands alone atop the Big Ten East while U of M climbs in the polls despite doing nothing? If Saturday's performance has you screaming, make it make sense, you've come to the right place. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the man whose kink is being a human brass spittoon, Kevin Greck. Greckers, how you doing, buddy? I'm great. I'm just I'm just happy to be back in his in his Lansing now. Um, yeah. You know, if I'm going to be doing this, might as well be here at home. So yeah, I mean, that. do you shower off regularly, or is it just kind of one of those things? Or is that the showering off? Ooh. Oh. Uh, and the voice of the other man there is the guy who daydreams of November in West Lafayette, our very own Gary Gergich, Alexander Plum. <laughs> Plum, how you doing, buddy? Why can't you have a timeshare uh, outside of Purdue University is the question I've been asking myself and others for what seems like a fortnight. A, f- a fortnight? A fortnight? You've been working on this for a fortnight? For, for one fortnight. So, uh... uh well, gentlemen, I have to wish you both a very happy Trouble with a Snap Day, uh, in case you were keeping it clear on your calendar. Okay. It's very oh, the last play of the game! Unbelievable! I've got, I, it, I've got it marked on my calendar, so I never forget. I knew he couldn't resist doing the impersonation either. Uh, thank you, folks, for listening to our show. If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Uh, give the show a retweet. You know, I, does our social media person put it on an Instagram, Greg? Uh, occasionally, I think okay. our social media person might. <laughs> Maybe. If it's there, you can follow us on Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. And of course, on Twitter at Spartan underscore pod. Give it a share on Instagram. Is that a thing you do on Instagram? You share it? People um, love told, to share things. Yeah. Cool. There's also, uh, you know, there are other features and functionality, I'm told. Uh, and of course, if we could ask, uh, and this one's going to be a very sincere, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Uh, we've got a lot of new folks joining the show, and we're super excited about it. For those of you who are regulars, we know you haven't rated and reviewed. Get on it, please. Uh, Greg, can you tell the people the structure of the show? Now that we've uh, gotten past Michael's pathetic call to action, good God, have <laughs> some have have some shame, Michael. Blah. <laughs> Here's what we do. We start with the green wall where football always leads, especially this week where we're probably not going to talk about the Izone camp out uh, or the, <laughs> the hockey team. Um, next up, we'll go off Grand River. We'll learn about how, uh, you know, uh, John Gruden invented 10 ways to get himself fired. And Coach Ogeron uh, is apparently no longer fit to coach at LSU in spite of winning a national championship just a couple weeks ago, a couple years ago. And then, of course, uh, it's a bye week, so there will be no football preview, but we will take those Twitter questions. Of which there is an insane amount, and we want to say thank you for the engagement. Lovely. Really Here. It. Cheers. Cheers. All right. And a drink is probably a great place to start because we have to talk about a real 20 to 15 doozy uh, Michigan State going down to Bloomington and stealing one away in Indiana's homecoming. Uh, I guess we'll start with the offense. Well, speaking Uh, of drinks, I just want to put in a plug for Memorial Stadium. Uh, does sell, does serve alcohol. So that's two road games in as many weeks that I've been to that had, uh, 
booze during the game. And, Let's uh, start there. How much did a booze mind. cost at uh, Memorial Stadium? I got an Upland. We sprang for the Upland, and that booze cost eight bucks, I think. Holy. So there was real East Coast pricing going on. Yeah, uh, there was okay. very East Coast pricing going on at the Rutger, for sure. Okay. But why not? But when in Rome. Uh, all right. So let's talk about this game and start, uh, with the offense. And I think, um, maybe the best place to start is plum. You took a picture of the box score Ugh. and sent it to the group chat and just said, how, 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 uh, so how, walk, how brown cow, walk us through some of the, uh, the, the, the performances, if you don't mind. Okay, well, let's start with the one good piece of news that came out of the game. We only had two turnovers as opposed to their three. And that, ladies and gentlemen, of the summary statistics is the one area where Michigan State excelled against the Hoosiers, Forkstown. I don't want to celebrate two turnovers, but again, two is fewer than three. From there, is that true? Uh, Do we have a proof for that? Yeah, that's statistics i can't you can't write i'm not sure yeah i can't um it's upsetting you know i in their post game and I, this was they were talking about during the game we didn't get past the 50 we didn't get into their territory in the second half so it shouldn't surprise anyone that we were 14 first downs to their 22 but the real stunner here we had 241 total yards which is at least i don't know a quarter of the yards we've been averaging all season um to their 322 we were down in both passing and rushing yards and yet we can we managed somehow to win the game by five points so do that do with that what you can i i don't know uh greg you were there in person what were your takeaways from the offensive performance well i mean was this the worst offensive performance of the season i mean is anyone willing to go back to watch the second half of the nebraska game to uh determine if it is or not I'm not um, strong enough. <laughs> no, I, I don't think any of us have the fortitude for that. Um, no, this is this. On one hand, it's like, hey, you know, a win is a win, right? Uh, this is a team that's invented different ways of doing it. And thank God for the defense in this game. On the other hand, it, it seems unsustainable to have these kinds of performances and continue to beat teams and not not just the good teams that are remaining on the schedule. Um, but now all of a sudden, you know, maybe that, you know, Plum's Purdue game and West Lafayette looks a little bit more formidable. Um, yep. That Maryland team not getting a lot of heat right now, but they're not a slouch. So it, it's it's concerning. It's concerning. I kind of was... I had put myself in a false sense of security where if I thought, or maybe if the rushing game wasn't working, at least the passing game would work and vice versa. And I'm, I think this game proved that that is not necessarily the case. Yeah. So we'll get into a little bit. I mean, it is worth saying that in the second half anyway, that, that Michigan state did make some important adjustments to free up the passing game a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think at times Peyton Thorne was bad in this game. Mm -hmm. um, and at times, though, he was also brilliant and just had receivers not catch the ball. Um, and so, you know, at, and at one times point, he was brilliant and yes. caught the ball himself. Yeah. But, you know, so they <laughs> had a they had a freebie once where um, uh, Indiana had jumped off sides and, and they took a deep shot. Uh, perfect throw 
to Jaden Reed, Jaden yep. Reed drop, drops it would have been a touchdown for sure. Would have been a touchdown. Um, you know, he got picked off once because he hit Trey Mosley in the numbers. And I mean, you can criticize it for, there were three dudes around him, but he fit it in a window and, and Trey Mosley needs to make that catch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would have been a huge drive extending play. Um, but you know, there are other times he, he missed receivers. It looked like, um, you know, didn't step up enough in the pocket at times. I mean, it was, we watched a redshirt sophomore play a game today and at times looked like a redshirt sophomore. I think it's, this is one of those games that, um, maybe not to get this to the summation too quickly, but Hey, we won it. And you saw growing pains, but you, you can't, you got growing pains with a W versus, you know, taking what probably should have been an L. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, Ken Walker, uh, you know, the, the announcers kept saying, and, and I think it was fair, a fair attribution. So Ken Walker, 23 attempts for 87 yards, uh, only three yards, uh, 87 yards gain, only three yards lost. Um, so a net of 84, um, with a long of 13, um, you know, the announcers kept saying that the that Indiana was doing a good job of setting the edge and keeping the edge and and so forcing him to run between the tackles. Uh, fair assessment. I It seemed like he started getting more traction late in the game. So mm-hmm. I think they started to figure something out. Um, and but I, I guess... Uh, Plum, you know, they talked about in the uh, that what what did Tucker say at halftime, and and also, you know, I think this goes to something he said after the game as well about that the the yards aren't going to get easier as the season goes on, right? That mm-hmm. you know that this was a um, that it, it, the the message at halftime right was you can't be a team that waits for the big play because not every game is going to have the big play, and. It, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it was a frustrating game to watch, but it did seem right. Like the offense never quit and continued to believe that it could produce in spite of all evidence to the contrary in this particular game. But you look at it and I say that as a, you have to compare it to, to teams previous, right? And that there are MSU teams that knew they were dead in the water. This team seems to persevere, right? It has been. I mean, this is, this is the unfathomable point at one point. I think late in the second, even though we were down by two, I was like, I know we're going to come back and win this and I'm not going to feel good about it. Still. I, I don't, I don't know how to reconcile these, this tension. It, yes. We're winning. We're managing to hang on, but it, it feels like by the, like just the skin of our teeth by our nails dug into the ledge as we're hanging over the precipice of the great beyond. Oh my gosh. I, it's not don't it's not, I don't I'm wearing humbled. the Moira Rose uh, costume over there. <laughs> and I and I and I'm still not fully capturing the depth of my emotional um, unhingedness unhingedness. And there's a part of me that's missing that can't yet be restored potentially ever. So <laughs> potentially ever. I don't know. I don't know. What do you want from me? Dear listener, please recall there have been two close games this season. <laughs> <laughs> and and MSU has smashed everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, there's been a number of blowouts and two close games. <laughs> this is how this is the plum that you get. Uh and by these takes, by the way. Mm-hmm. 
Good. So I guess it, I am encouraged that the the offense made adjustments at the half. That's you know uh, <laughs> it feels like we we went a couple of years without seeing adjustments, um, and so that's that's a positive. And I, I we can talk about the defense here in a second because there's a lot of glowing things to say about it. But it did seem like post game, the offensive players were were okay. You know that that they. There, there were no heads hung, um, and you know it, it felt very Mel Tucker a comment that Peyton Thorne had of, you know, the the thing that separates a good play from a bad play is usually just any you know I'm I'm doing the same motion he's he was doing which is you know sort of holding two fingers close together of it, you know it's just this much, um, and and so it seems like that they 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 all they they come away not feeling like they're broken nor should they feel that way they've produced in a way that has been unfathomable to us mostly um but they seem to walk away thinking that they can fix this um but let's talk about the defense for a second because well, we should i should oh, point ahead. out really quick before we move off the topic of the offense offensive line a bit of a concern as well Sure. Um, yep. Yep. Really struggled. Uh, this, it, it seemed to me that maybe this platooning system is starting to show somewhere. Um, so anyway, something to keep on, keep in mind that this was definitely one of the worst offensive line, uh, performances of the season. So it's probably no mistake then that it's one of the worst rushing performances of the season and one of the worst passing uh, performances of the season, but yes, we should be talking about the defense. So let's. Well, move you got to wonder. Just to your point, you got to wonder if Izzo's going to like in an Izzo way. It's time to tighten up the rotation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, maybe getting through the bye was the was the the mission all along. Could be. Could you get be. seven we'll games of experience, and, yeah. Uh, but yes, so as bad as our game was, <laughs> Indiana had a worse game in some ways. Um, Ran the ball and threw the ball uh, in both categories better than us, but how many times did they make it down to the red zone and get nothing? Oh, I, although they did get their first touchdown <laughs> against a Big Ten opponent, so they did pretty good offensive outing for the Hoosiers. Uh, but you know, so it's it's. I'll say this: um, the MSU defense was on the field for. 88 plays, which is a alarmingly high number. That's a lot of plays. 88 plays and held them to 55 yards. Or I'm sorry, I'm well, 15 points and um, uh, 322 yards. Total yes, thank you. Offense. Uh, that's pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. Um, the. I, I don't let's 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 just uh, we'll go around here and, and take takeaways from the defense. I'll start with you, Greg. Uh, so for me, my big takeaway was the defensive line. Uh, they played fantastically well. They were always getting back there. They were uh, they were really roughing stuff up. I mean, Panashuk, uh, that penalty that he got that, uh, you know, roughing the passer penalty or whatever. That happened right in front of me. I don't know what in the world that was. The guys behind me were talking about how it must have been a little bit late. Like, sincerely, I have no idea. Like, maybe we don't play football 
anymore. But it was the same um, penalty that we got at Rutgers, the exact same penalty that he got at Rutgers. Yeah, it was a bad call. Yeah. In fact, I had other people text me who are not Michigan State fans to say, wow, wh- like, what are we even doing here? <laughs> and it was at a terrible time. I mean, that we will save talking about penalties generally. That yep. one on Panashuk was was bad, but the team was bad on penalties. We'll talk uh, about that at the end. You know, yes. It's Slade, of course, huge game, really turning into a dude and a chap. And um, a guy. And a guy. Uh, the linebackers, uh, there were a couple of times where I called out Crouch in particular for a couple of misplays, but, um, I mean, he also made up for it in other ways. You know, he got to the ball all of the time. It, it's amazing how fast he can, he can get from one place to another and put a hit out. So led the team in tackles. Yeah. I, I'm not surprised to hear that because it seems like he was in on every play, um, now there was one like long third and long on Indiana that he kind of stumbled on the field and and Tuttle was able to like you know make up that yardage that was a bit disappointing but other than that um pretty impressive pretty impressive uh anything about the defense that you guys want to call out i mean defensive backs also come to mind plum you got anything you want to add here i just cal halliday for president i don't know <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, so I think it is worth uh, this. The secondary continues to be, you know, for as much fretting as there was early on in the season, their ability to tackle in space is incredible. And I think you might have noticed in this game, they played much closer to the receiver, a lot less cushion given in this game. Much less, right up next to the line. Uh, And, you know, it, it... I don't want to make too big of a deal of this, but it it, it seems like that was also the case at Rutgers a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that co- is coinciding with the return of Mark Lowry to the team from injury. I, I mean, who I think got called for a PI in this game, um, which we could have a whole conversation about how they were calling pass interference in this game. But um uh, you know, the the secondary is turning from a, a place of concern to me to a place that you you have to respect a, a a type of athleticism. You might say they're not the best cover corners in the world, but there is there is an athleticism there and a willingness to hit and disrupt the run that uh, has been crucial to this team. Um, yeah, I mean, they got thrown at 52 times in this game. Um, which of which there were only 28 completions for 188 yards, which is not a lot uh, nope. for the amount of times the ball got put in the air. Um, the things that stood out to me, uh, Kimbrough, of course, uh, played really well. And I think we're starting to see a lot more of Ronald Williams as well. I think he was a guy that got picked on earlier in the year and now he's kind of coming into his own. I was really impressed, uh, yeah. this week watching him play out there. So a lot, a lot to be said. And then, of course, Xavier Henderson is Xavier Henderson. Um, I think he he kind of stopped that two point conversion try. If memory, yep, serves. Um, he got in there on that, so that was huge. Um, there's a there's he a, blew up a screen once, uh, just like missled right on the tight end. Uh, he played a great game. Great game. I mean, they put Indiana in a lot of third and long situations. And I was talking about the the crouch 
you know, gaff from earlier that was a, a converted third and long. But for the most part, Indiana did not convert on its third and longs um, in this game. And that's probably the difference. Uh, Eight for 20. And, yeah. yeah. That and they're not being able to convert in the end zone. A lot of <sighs> really, really gritty end zone stands in this game. Yeah. Um. So I think all in all, this was a, you know, we also, despite what we turned them over twice, twice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, you've got to wonder, it, it, you know, they, they have their backup quarterback Tuttle in who I think maybe played a better game than, than Penix would have. Um, it's, it's a lot of conjecture, but Penix had been pretty ineffective on the season. Uh, his ble- completion percentage was not great and, um, he was turning the ball over a lot. So I, you know, uh, I, I'd say that only as a, by way of the defense might've been even better than we realized. Um, mm-hmm. because Tuttle put together, a, I think under the circumstances of a, an ineffectual Indiana offense, a, a pretty great game. Um, he didn't strike me as someone who's making a ton of terrible decisions with the ball, but yeah. Right. Uh, Let's talk about the penalties. Yeah. Speaking of terrible decisions. Oh, good God. God. The, I, uh, how many penalty yards were there in this game from SU? 134, uh, according to the box score. 34, yeah. 39. And that, that doesn't count everything. I mean, there was a really good punt that was uh, that pinned Indiana, like their five-yard line. Like within the five, the three or something. Yeah, they got called back, and then they just yeah. got like a touchback out of it instead. Like, that's 20 25 yards, you know, 21 yards that we, that should be penalty yardage. It's garbage. Um, I didn't get, you know, when you're there, you just see the flags and you, you know, you hear the call. What, what was, what were we seeing in the, on the broadcast? Uh, nothing but just deep, deep frustration. I mean, it was, and I, you know, I don't, I go back and forth on this. I didn't get the sense that there was a, to Tucker's credit, he doesn't um, he doesn't react emotionally, right? You don't see him lose his mind during the game. Really, you no, don't see him get even that frustrated after the game. No, um, no mouth agape situation. No mouth agape. He's not, you know, he's not creaming out of his khakis because you know he doesn't know how to control <laughs> himself. So he's, you know, so you 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 respect that in the guy, and at the same time, this number of penalties is almost unfathomable, right? I mean, this is. The, um, the, just the amount of yardage we left on the field. And when you can't perform, when you can't make, you know, completions, when you're not, when Walker is just getting stuffed every single time at the line of scrimmage, we're just hand over foot. We're destroying ourselves. And I wanted the guy to get angry. I wanted to see him react. And so to his credit, he didn't. And um, clearly acknowledge that it's a problem. But um, I needed the release, I guess, of like, what are you guys doing? And what do you guys, I mean, I want a reaction. I want someone to acknowledge that this is unacceptable and that they have to do better as opposed to just acknowledging that, yeah, it's too many penalties. We got to tighten some things up. Like, I I want someone to die because of this. (laughs) Ross L's going to be on the list. Yeah. I mean, it's time for the blood sacrifice, Ross. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I, so I'll, if you're looking at for, for me, this was unacceptable. And, you know, I, I think 
Greg and I thought maybe that the, there was something to the Rutgers environment, at least I did, that that led to a, a certain amount of particular type of penalties um, that were alarming last week. Um, but these seemed a bit more all over the place. I know there was a PI that was called that Tucker seemed to be bothered by uh, and did have a chat with the refs about. Um, there was that roughing the passer that I think we all agree was bogus. I, I think yeah. any objective observer would agree was bogus. Um, so, I mean, that's 30 yards of, of penalties that maybe you can take back, but it's still, well, it's it, still, it's still 10 for 104. No, no, I'm listen, and I'm with you on that. And I, we, we, each of our teams got a pass interference call that was a little bit sus. And I think particularly to the point that they didn't seem to mind early in the, in the first half. I mean, throughout the first quarter, they didn't call a single penalty for any kind of interference either way. I mean, it was, so it was, it it was like out of the blue. I think we're the ones that drew the first one. Um, and then, and then they, there was sort of a, like a makeup later on, but it was kind of a it one was for one sure situation. a makeup too. Yeah. So, but I mean, we benefited out of it. So I'm willing to wash that, you know, and I'm, and I'm willing to give up a pass interference penalty because at the right time in the game, that that's the right decision to make, right? At the, at the right point in the game, on a deep play or something like that's going to interrupt momentum. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him 15 yards. Like I don't, what was interesting, so, though, Greg, you missed this, but at the beginning of the broadcast, I think we got flagged for a holding or two, mm-hmm. and the announcers called out immediately that they had been told by Iowa, or not Iowa, sorry, Indiana staff, yes, that that they had been they had been making a point of this to the referees before the game, yep, to to like, flag Michigan we State, that flag Michigan State for the holding. They, had, yep. they, you know, they had tried to call that out apparently in advance of the game. So that so that was a reality, but here's the second thing, because those were always getting flagged while we were on offense. And that is because the offensive line did not have their shit together. They were consistently yep. misreading, they were consistently ill prepared. And when that would happen, then when there was a mismatch and a guy was breaking through, you would see Matt Allen or horse someone would just grab and hold. And and you you get it, but it's like you have to be prepared for this. And our offensive line was in a complete different world for all of the first half and good sections of the second half. I guess the the holding related issues I I will chalk up to that'll be fixed in the bye week. You can't, you can't look at the progress we've made on the offensive line. And I, I fully, you know, think that maybe some of it's been a little, uh, I, I don't know. It's hard to have watched as many games with this very same offensive line and think that we've made the strides that it's the statistics say we have. But um, I, I we've made enough strides that I believe that Coach Kapilovic is a great coach and sure. uh, that that this will be cleaned up in the bye week. Um, it's some of the it. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a problem. I don't I don't know what to say about it other than I'm fully on board with penalties are a problem with this team. And I hope that it all gets cleaned up in the bye week. Um, and that Connor Hayward doesn't run his mouth against a player who's lying on the ground because uh, that was a dumb, dumb penalty. So you have to assume, yeah, but- I mean, I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt in this one and think that there's other stuff that we're missing. And again, maybe you saw some of it, Greg, but like there was some cultural stuff happening for Indiana this week that belie a certain level of disrespect, it felt like. 
from them not bringing the old brass platoon out to the field to Thorne, you know, making that catch and then stepping out of bounds and sort of asking in like the spirit of good sportsmanship, like, was I in guys to the, you know, to, to the Indiana uh, guys on the I don't know, subs or whatever on the sideline who are, who are to a man are like, no. And then look at the MSU ball kit and they're like, he was in, you know, like, and then the punch that was thrown and the headbutt to Jaden Reed on the sideline. The punch happened right in front of me. And my wife was like, are we doing nothing about this? The dude yeah. just threw a punch right there. I, the ball carrier just threw a punch. I will go so far as to say that Tom Allen does not have control of that team. And uh, they were like, I mean, he, he, at least in that game, he did not have control of the team who's having a bad season. And yeah. They uh, to say that there were unsportsmanlike moments from them was an understatement. But but they yeah. love each other. Yeah, they, which they also can we also just say that LEO as a acronym don't love. Yeah, I was asked who's Leo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Law enforcement officer. No, that's uh, definitely not okay. But that's Indiana, I, and you know, I mean, again, if I lived in Indiana, I'd probably be drunk all of the time too, and want to kill myself. But that's neither. Here all right, all right. So uh, I should do a little. You know, we talked a lot about the Rutgers experience last week. Yeah, Bloomington experience is the opposite. The you know the grounds are lovely, the facilities are top notch, the bars are amazing, and the people are human garbage. <laughs> So we where we are is what we're saying is Rutgers as a place. Yeah. Take right. the fandom of Rutgers, pick but it up, the, and put the, it in Bloomington, Indiana. The people of Rutgers are truly amazing, whereas and what you really want are human connections. That's the stories worth telling, right? Mm-hmm. But the place ugh. I love Nick's English hut, but I'd rather be hanging out with Rutgers fans. That is for sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right. So we somehow have made it to seven. Oh, uh, Oh, we need to call out Matt Coughlin. Uh, oh. he made a kick that I thought was going to be impossible. I don't know how long was it? 50. Was it 50 something? 51. Apparently 51. it tied. I thought it was supposed to be longer than that, but it tied his longest. And what you might not have seen on the broadcast that there's a giant American flag at that end zone. And it was just waving in the wind right at us. Uh, and I thought he was going to be short on that kick for sure. I was positive that he was going to be short, but he nailed it. I th- I thought for sure they were going to send the punt team out uh, based upon that distance. And I was shocked when they sent out Matty C. And dude, it, I mean, he's not had his best season, mm-hmm. but I mean, this game... Huge. He was a, a MVP of the game. Yep. yep. Don't want to so, him. No, no. Uh, so yeah, seven and zero. Inexplicably seventh in the coaches poll, uh, ninth in the AP poll. I think we still continue to not really love slash feel slash believe any of that, but it is what it is. Um, where and if you're are we? a Michigan fan that's tuning in for the first time to see what's going on in Spartan fandom, we have been consistent on this for weeks. Okay. Yes. Uh, we're deeply uncomfortable with the situation. Um, and to those Michigan fans, you do well to feel the same. Uh, yeah. But I mean, we, we are a fandom that has seen legitimate top five teams playing in Rose Bowls and college football playoffs and the Big Ten Championship. And uh, I 
still have not seen that from this one. So yeah, but uh, we are getting some playoff hype, which also feels very uncomfortable uh, and not real. But I want to do a quick roundtable. Plum, where's your head at on this team coming out of Indiana? Uh, was this, you know, was this showing true colors or is this just growing? This is growing. This is growing for me. Um, we've seen, is this a segment called shower or grower? Oh, I really hope we don't take that question into post. I really do hope that that this is going to be thought better of soon. I really do hope that. Yeah. Oh, you loved it. (laughs) Listen, I did. Uh, (laughs) This is, we are, we are, this was a grower team, not a shower team. And to their credit, (laughs) we've seen too many big performances by this team in key moments and consistently throughout the season that, um, that I think the offensive performance was, I, I'm going to call it an aberration, but an aberration with degrees, by which I mean, there are clear weaknesses that have been somewhat steady that this bye week had, they had better pour into so much film that their eyes start to bleed. Um, real clockwork orange situation. Real clockwork orange situation to really see what they're what they need to work on, and, and, and just in terms of execution, in terms of that offensive line, just getting things tight. Um, you you can you can you can you can drop the ball. I'm willing to give, you know, all of them. Mosley, Reed, Naylor, they can all drop the ball once or twice. I mean, I, that's that's fine. You hope they don't do it in the same game. But there was something off about Indiana. So this whole performance was a weird thing for me. Um, I think they tighten it up and I think we have a much, much, much better performance at home. I hope so. Okay. I'm going to continue with Jonesy's metaphor. Uh, it was a little chilly in Bloomington on Saturday, uh, <laughs> but the weather's going to get colder. Um, so I, I do have some concerns, you know, we've done the exercise of what's the ceiling, what's the floor with this team. And there's going to, I think there's going to be some losses coming up. I'm not saying it's going to happen in two weeks, but it seems like, what it just if this team continues to perform this way it seems like it's going to be tough to beat in a you know an ohio state team on the road it's going to be maybe a little bit easier i i didn't get to see any of the penn state game i understand that they're out of quarterback now um but that one's not easy overall um like i said before you know purdue you know just went on the road and beat number two for what that's worth. Um, and then, uh, you know, this Maryland team is not, you know, the just total, you know, just walk all over them. Crab cakes team of, yeah, the crab cake uh, team of yours. So there, the, the meat of the schedule is here in the back half and we're going to see what this, what the metal is. It's going to be tested. Yeah, I, I would agree with all of that. I, I also would say that I didn't think this team was ever going to go 12-0. and 0. Um, And the idea that somehow we're even, you know, contemplating at this point in the season, how long can we stay undefeated is bonkers. Um, mm-hmm. And is real refreshing, if I have to be honest. But we, we are, I would caution people, we are approaching that point where somehow, some way... This is no longer fun. Hmm. And you because when you got those expectations, it it starts being a lot more anxiety driven and a lot less fun. Mm-hmm. And and I would just say that um 
we went down to a team that was uh, that probably has a fair argument that last year they should have been uh, in the Big Ten championship game and, uh, you know, beat them at home in their homecoming and and did it in an ugly way, but but did it on the backs of of a, a part of the team that that has been poo pooed uh, by the fandom uh, for a little while now with great defense. And so I look at this as an evolving team, as a growing team. And, uh, and there are things that are shining through, including the fact that, that we're making adaptations and, and our Heisman candidate had a bad game. Like the words that we are saying and bandying about on this podcast are objectively insane when you compare them to how we felt going into this season. Right. And so continue to have fun and continue to, to say, yeah, we're hitting the, the back half and it's going to be hard, but no one thought we were going 12 and 0. Yeah. This team Manage is not garbage. Yeah. This Manage team is not garbage. It's great. This is a mm-hmm. great team. So uh, with that, let's do a quick word from our, uh, our sponsor and then uh, head off green river. And we're back. All right. Let's head off grand river where we're going to start with Senor Gruden. Oh my God. Uh, Guys, I am shocked by this. <laughs> Turns out Gruden is a total idiot. I mean, I can't I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. I mean, a modern day Terry Bradshaw, uh, if 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 I had to peg his like intellect level, uh, I am I am shocked. I'm not besmirching Bradshaw as a complete racist that I know of. <laughs> I'm just saying he's an idiot. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Uh, unbelievable that you can conduct yourself in this way via email. Um, and and equally unbelievable the number of people that are surprised that he got fired for this behavior. So let's let's start with what happened. Can you lay it out for folks who may not know? Yeah. So when Gruden, of course, you know, quarterback, uh, coach extraordinaire slash former, you know. Uh, uh, Super Bowl winning head coach in like a, a total luck season. Um, uh, he wrote a bunch of emails to the uh, front staff at the Raiders, um, you know, because he's not just the head coach there by accident. You know, he's been friendly with that that whole crew for a long time. From his personal email, during the time that he was a broadcast professional at ESPN, to the to the official you know Raiders emails of the whole Raiders front office staff, and he used over the course of this uh, uh, of these emails, uh, racist playing you know emails playing on on racial caricatures in reference to the man that is now uh, the head of the Players Association, um, misogynistic. Um, both in terms of the language that he used, uh, and in terms of actually trafficking in pictures of, uh, Raiders cheerleaders, um, that is it Raiders or are we talking about, uh, the Washington football team? Was it the, was that the Washington football team? Yeah, it was barely because that's also that, well, that's also a, a much bigger story, which is where some of this comes from. Because that that is where all of this comes from is that the Washington football team is being uh, investigated before, you know, tons of stuff right now. (laughs) Yes. Um, And then just wildly homophobic 
language as well, both uh, just offhandedly and actually about uh, the only open gay football player um, mm-hmm. that had been drafted. Um, and now, you know, there is a openly gay uh, Raiders football player. Um, he also, of course, because it's him, uh, downplayed, uh, you know, injury in the league, of course. Um, he said a ton of stuff about Roger Goodell. Uh, most of that homophobic language was actually pointed at Roger Goodell. Um, and he just reveals himself to be generally a, a terrible human being uh, from top to bottom. And it just stopped, you know, when he was given a Raiders email address. So that just, that just means that he was saying that stuff in person instead of, you know, electronically. So, um, deserves to be fired for any one of those things. Uh, but you know, he put, he put like 10 of them together. (laughs) So, uh, good, good for you, Donnie, my man. Um, New record. Truly, truly. And I'm blown away that there are people that are like, I can't, you know, can a guy get better? You know, we're just going to fire him. Bro, you should get fired for any one of these things, much less putting them all together. Like, I cannot even imagine anyone having an actual job being surprised that Gruden got fired for this conduct. It's unimaginable to me. Particularly, you know, let's like, yes, all of that. And then if you take the the sort of if you look at it in a very real, actual, here's the thing that he's responsible for. You know, view it through that prism. He has the first openly gay NFL player on his team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. 75% 75% of, I believe, NFL players are, are uh, men of color. Yep. So, sure. I'm, I'm saying, yep, but it's, it, it, I, I believe, I believe it's in that ballpark. Um, it's somewhere between 70 and 80. So like, <laughs> I don't know how you could do, I mean, just from a, let's look at this objectively. How could you do your job effectively? And you insulted in very unacceptable terms the head of the players association like i mean this isn't this is you're not you're not being canceled you don't need to grow you just are not good at your job and you can't do it effectively it, like if we t- set all of the what we believe what our values are shit aside let's set it all aside for a second and just look at it as a business decision you yeah. got to go you've got to go you you've got to go for the language you've used you got to go for the the people that you use that language about. Yeah. And you've got to go, the lawyers want you to go too because you've downplayed uh, injury in the league um, and the, the league just paid out a huge settlement yeah. for that. Uh, I don't know if you recall. Uh, also, you're apparently trafficking in uh, pictures of uh, other employees. The cheerleaders are employees. Um so that's a huge problem. Um, and then also, you know, just generally, if you're using homophobic language and you have uh, and racist language and then you have a team comprised of these people, like what if there is some kind of personnel issue? It's going to be really easy to sue you. So when the NFL is is very quick to hop on the uh, the PR train, too, of so you know, it 
All right. That's that. So the language is unacceptable. Quick. They're quick to celebrate inclusion and diversity. Yeah. There's no way that you can go at the head of the players association or the commissioner of the NFL and survive. And the lawyers want you gone too. So like there is nothing left for you. There's no quarter for you on this. It's incredible how fired this man has managed to make himself. And we said all of these things and we didn't turn to our favorite wind up action doll. (laughs) Who's just rearing over the high horse. I can feel it. Come on, buddy. What do you got? Fire and brimstone. Give it to me. I want I want Plum to say that he thought that the statement from Gruden was heartfelt and he would like to give him a second <laughs> chance. I think we should give him a second chance. Okay. <laughs> What 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 can I say that you guys haven't already said? I mean, he's an absolute boob. He's he's an imbecile. He's dumber than he is stupid. He's got what he has coming, and he's probably going to be the next sports broadcaster on OAN. I don't know. I mean, the guy's he's got an audience, and people love that. And that kind of locker room talk is is everywhere. It's everywhere. Everyone talks like that. So I think he is. I think he is legitimately confused as to why he is getting into trouble for things that literally everyone says he thinks. And to be fair, a lot of people do think and say, because you know, people like guys. Yeah. So often when I hear someone say like, everyone talks this way, I can tell you with, with very high level of certainty, the people that I interact with don't are not just are not talking this way. And they're certainly not, emailing this type of stuff back and forth with one another. So if you think everyone talks this way, I think it might have a lot to do with you and the company that you keep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well said. And, and we'll leave it, we'll leave it there. Um, but Gruden, not sad to see you go. Uh, let's talk about someone that maybe we are sad to see go. Uh, and that is Cocho of LSU. Two years, two years after winning the national championship has been let go from LSU at the end of the season, which means, by the way, they're paying a $17 million buyout. So before we get into what all of this means for Michigan State, let's start with that. Wild. Objectively insane. The money's insane. Where does it come from? Who, 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 where does, who, what? Recall uh, that the MSU athletic department had to fill a $24 million hole with like, just, you know, supplement, like the, the global pandemic did $24 million in damage to the MSU athletic budget. Just choosing to let a national championship winning coach go is going to do $17 million in damage to the LSU budget. Wow. And that's, that's not including any potential payout they have to give to uh, a coach that they poach or, you know, the the salary that they end up having to pay that coach that they ultimately Mm -hmm. hire. It is. And, and to say that two years, two years after he won a national championship that we are ready to end it all. And look, there are 
there are signs that you might say, sure. Um, but it is, it is crazy to say out loud. Um, so let's take it back on Grand River for a second, because there is plenty of speculation. It's and just it's not, rumor. Well, though. some of it's being reported by Bruce Feldman, uh, who is, I mean, he broke the news other than Hondo, depending on who you ask, but of Mel Tucker to Michigan State. Um, there is plenty of news that uh, from from Bruce that folks at LSU are seriously interested in Mel Tucker. So just facts, uh, they, LSU would owe $2.5 million uh, to MSU if they hired him before January 16th of 2022. Uh, it's a flat two mil after that. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I don't, I, this, I that don't. seems crazy to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about this. I apparently, right. It's, there are some big names in, in LSU's boosters or, you know, I don't know if it's senior athletic officials or other apparently very deep pocketed overlords who conspire in the shadows of things around firing a coach that just won you a natty two years ago. I truly is mind baffling, baffling, but why, why would any looking at how he was treated? Why would anyone want to go there? Why win it, win a national championship and two years later, you're out there. That, that, that culture. I mean, if we're going to say anything about Mel Tucker, it's that the man understands and respects culture. He obviously understands the Brinks truck. And so when you pull it up to his house, he'll, he'll listen to you. And that's very clearly one of the largest reasons we got him. So I'm not saying money doesn't count for anything, but having the flexibility and some of the freedom to, to hire you who you're going to hire, to set the culture that you're going to set, to get into the portal, to, to develop a team. These things seem to matter to him. I cannot imagine the strings that would be attached to his back by the the powers that be in, in Louisiana State that would guide and govern his every action. And when you look at the way that Orgeron has been treated in this experience, uh, you tell me, why in the hell would anybody want to go there? I mean, especially when there's already a Brinks truck at Tucker's door right now. Like, he's not, you know, they eaten good over at the Tucker house right now. He's the, high, the 15th highest paid football coach in the land already. So what, is that going to improve one mil a year, 1.5 mil a year for all of this extra stuff that you've got to put up with put up instead. With? It doesn't make sense. And, 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 and by the way, I mean, yeah, he has experience in the South. Yeah. And he's learned a lot under Saban and there's a lot to like, and there's a lot to think that, that, you know, in the prognostication that these, you know, TV people have to fill the air with, you yeah. can understand why they would pull his name out there, but I don't think there's any anything genuine or serious about this. And I will say, you know, Colorado fans hate it because he took to Twitter, Tuck did, to say he wasn't going anywhere when he was first approached by Michigan State. So I get it that the financial deal makes a difference, and it clearly did make a difference to him in addition to whatever other, you know, gentlemen's agreements took place on the side of this experience. But I have to imagine a lot of it was the flexibility and freedom to come in and run the show which he is very clearly doing at Michigan state. And the same will not be said for LSU. Yeah. Uh, I think we can move on from this. 
Like, I mean, I, I would just say, why not go get Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator that won you the national championship? Yeah. Like, I, I don't, there, there are better, there are other and better names out there. I just don't see, I don't see Tuck. Uh, Tuck's coming. He's not leaving. That's where I'm at on it. Well, yeah. And sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm in love with the performance that we've had this season so far. There are a lot of externalities at play. I mean, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. lot of externalities. Mm-hmm. We're, as we're seeing, there are big, big things yet to be demonstrated. Okay, we've not demonstrated a fraction of the things that we need to be showing to to really get him up in the pantheon of even Michigan State coaches. You know, don't get me wrong; I'm not taking anything away from what he's accomplished so far, but he has got he's definitely got room to gain, a lot of room to gain in yeah. this program, and I want to see how it goes there. So, throwing his hat into this one is uh, is really kind of setting a guy up for a lot of failure, I think, because. His star's got a lot more apex to it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure Alan Haller has other Brinks trucks available to him if he needs it. But uh, normally we would move to a preview, but it's bye week. Uh, so let's not try and lose it as D'Antonio teams have done in the past. I'm looking at that year that Joe Bocci somehow got suspended in a bye week. And I think something, <sighs> did Jalen Naylor get hurt the other bye week? I don't know. It was, that was a bad year. Podcast. That's all I remember is that that was the title of the podcast. That Losing week. the bye week again. Oh my God. That was rough. So everyone rest, recover, hydrate, and chop some wood. Uh, we will get back with a U of M preview next week. Um, but uh, yeah, let's head to Twitter questions. And uh, we want to welcome back, lead it off, Jake Hawkins. When will this team play four solid quarters of football? I guess how long has it been since this team's played four solid quarters of football? Yes. Have they done Uh, it yet this season? No, no, no. Well, nope. Nope. Youngstown state. No. Yeah, we were there. No, we were there. Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky. Then I felt like that was four solid quarters of football. No, Western Kentucky, they sort of fell apart in the the, the offense stalled in the um, second half, right? Yeah, in the third quarter. Yeah, it's right. a, it's a it's a theme. Yeah. It I don't know, Jake. I mean, I'm not sure. Next, next week, I think is you have to hope with a bye week or not next week, I'm sorry, in two weeks. I think you have to hope with two weeks off, having gotten seven weeks into the to the year with some rest, some recovery, and some game planning that that in two weeks is the time that they put it together. Yeah. On that note, Jake's second question, uh, Jonesy, does this offensive line have the potential or capacity to set the tone and control the line of scrimmage? Jake, it's a great question. I, so I think we have tackles that can do it at times, um, which is where I think you have to start because so much of of Ken Walker's ability is his ability to break outside the tackles. And so to do that, you've got to set an edge and, and for whatever reason, they were not able to do it at um, Indiana. And and my suspicion is it probably has more to do with tight end play than anything else. But um, the O-line has the potential. We've seen it do it against teams that look, you know, you can say what you want about Miami, but we all know the stars on that team outdo the stars at Michigan state by a lot. They've got athletes on that team. They may be less well coached, but we won some battles. And, and so, you know, potential capability, maybe we're going to see in the back half of the schedule though. Uh, And, 
And as much as I don't want to admit any nice things about Michigan, if we're able to do it against Michigan, that says a lot to me about what this offensive line can do in the back half of the season. Yeah. Um, Uh, Go ahead. Offensive line adjacent plum after Tyler hunts touchdown uh, today, will the offense utilize and use the tight ends more? God, they should. Why not? Why not use anything more? How about, how about, how about when, when Ken Walker can't get past the line of scrimmage, stop giving it to him. It doesn't take halftime, Jay, to figure out that it isn't working. Oh my God. Save your, save your hate till later. Weren't we told though, at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the season, that the, the tight ends would, would play a really significant role in the passing game. I mean. Well, that was also what what we were told uh, by Jay. They were the MVP of his offense is what he said. That's right. Um, and, and he said that to everyone that was listening so that Reed Naylor could absolutely just dominate in every <laughs> which way, which to be fair, they have. I mean, in, in some respects, he hasn't needed the tight ends to figure into his passing game. Right. Jesus, let's hope he's they're drawing up some plays now. Jay. <laughs> but all right. I, I think we need to say on the podcast because people may not know this. So for those who don't know that that pass from Tyler Hunt to Peyton Thorne. Um, was made on his back foot with his right hand and Tyler Hunt is left-handed. And so Mark D'Antonio used to trot out and say, well, Tyler Hunt's pretty athletic when he was a punter. Uh, I I think we can conclude that Mark D'Antonio maybe didn't utilize him well, but was not lying about Tyler Hunt being very athletic. Because, um, I mean, hell of a throw. Like, hell of a throw, hell of a catch, but hell of a throw, particularly from a dude who does not play quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, at I'm Joe Bo. Looking back on today's game, these, uh, the prompt went out on a Saturday. Uh, it reminded me of the glory days of the Mark D'Antonio era. Nothing flashy, solid defense, kind of wishing we had an offense. Uh, if this were 2015, would we be upset about this win? My guess would be only with some of the stupid penalties go green. Well, we would definitely be upset about some of the penalties. That is for sure. I think also, Joe, and I I will... And welcome to the pod, Joe, is what you meant uh, to say. Yes, thank you for the question. Uh, I will defend the D'Antonio era uh, to the last breath, but there were times when the fan base was a little on edge with uh, the way that the offense was progressing with the way, you know, that he really trestle balls at the end of games. Um, I, I think this one would have been a little clench, a little tight regardless of the coach, but uh, much like a Mark D'Antonio team, they did get it done at the end of the day. So, yeah, I think actually, Greg, if I can, I, I want to call out uh, a, a tweet I sent to you guys from Marvin Williams, who who averaged up the uh, the 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 margin of victory from 2015 to currently. And in 2015, you know, Big Ten champs, which is a college football playoff, uh, they beat opponents through their first seven games by an average of nine points. And this year it's by an average of 16 points. Um, so. But I don't remember 2015 being a fun year. It became fun over well, time. But yes. sure, but you get my point, right? I it, think there was like a a really unimpressive Western Michigan game. To I think it was a Purdue that year. Is that what it was? I think it was Purdue. We beat. Uh, I think we got actually a question about it later on, so we'll we'll skip this conversation till later. Right. Uh, next up, verbose Dutch. 
Um, all right, let's take a second on this one. What concerns you more, the boom slash bust style of the offense or the bend but don't break style of the defense? Boom bust. Gotta be boom bust. We've seen a, a fairly consistent bend don't break style of defense all season, and we are currently undefeated, gentlemen. What we haven't seen uh, is this 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 really unacceptable bust style of offense, and that will cost us when we're playing a team who actually can finish in the red zone, unlike the Rutger, unlike Indiana. Um, you know, and, and, and frankly, we, we, you know, we, in Miami, Nebraska, our offense came to play and they played big and they got us out of some holes, but who boy, who boy, uh, it was the defense that won us this game on Saturday. That's just about all there is to it. Yeah. I think I, I made a note of like, do we believe in the boom or the bend don't bust defense now? Cause I mean, that's exactly what they did. But yeah, sorry. Ben, don't break. Pardon me. Yeah, I, I would just say that uh, we are we are currently tied for 16th with a scoring defense. And uh, that includes having played the ninth best scoring offense um, in the country. And so I, I say that by way of I tend to believe that what Scotty Hazleton is doing is going to get better over time, but is perfectly fine by me. Um, you hope that verbose Dutch that this this past game is a learning game from a you know sort of to pull an old adage out pound green pound like sometimes you just got to keep at it and you cannot live on the boom um, and and hopefully it was a learning moment for the team. Next up, B list can plum paraphrase Tucker's halftime hype speech. <laughs> oh no no don't no nope. That's, no, bad, that's bad no, audio. No, that's that is actually really bad audio. But that's the keep chopping thing. He literally got in every single player's face and just did it until his hand was like slapping into their like nose and fucking mouth guard and everything <laughs> else. And he just said, he like looked into their eyes. He didn't scream. He didn't shout. He just said, "Keep chopping, keep chopping." And he just kept chopping their face. And he did it to every one of them for longer than he should have and longer than they were comfortable with. But that was it. That's all he did. And he it said, kind of. It's unclear exactly how well it worked, but it worked well enough for us to win by five. And he so. said, guys, Rutgers died for this. <laughs> they keep shopping. Rutgers lost in Northwestern. Yes. Like, holy they shit. They did. They, that, that is a team that is truly uh, falling apart. Yeah, um, it's lost right now. It's just wandering in the woods. We are uh, so that fortunate. Can, we just, can I just say how fortunate are that the first – over half of our schedule was against the most wayward, lipless, aimless, purposeless teams that the Big Ten has to offer. Other than maybe Minnesota. No offense to PJ Fleck. I mean, this truly was God-ordained that we have had the teams to play against that we've had. So, well, Plum, we called it. We called it, Plum. We did. Minnesota just, uh, they just beat. Cool. Next oh. up, Nebraska, <laughs> was it? Next up, Ed Marie 24. Should we make a plot to leave Ross Ells at our bowl game location, or is that an overreaction? No. That is not an overreaction. We should do that. I, I have it on good authority that uh, after the game, Mel Tucker was having his typical post-game victory cigar celebration, and he used Ross Ells as, the, uh, as his uh, ashtray and continued <laughs> to just put the cigar out on different body appendages that Ross has and then relight the cigarette 
Just a little cigar, bit. cigar, 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 cigar. Yeah. Uh, we uh, <laughs> is quite the visual. Uh, the Ross Ells maybe is our best recruiter. It's very unclear. Yeah, got to find a spot for him. Um, yeah. but this podcast is also advocating for for punching him in the throat. Um, yeah. next up from Evmarie twenty four, uh, Jonesy, is there a Big Ten ref conspiracy against Polish defensive ends with mustaches? Well. I do know that uh, that sort of, uh, I guess, a nationalism, xenophobia, racism uh, against Polish people was was in vogue uh, decades ago. And I know referees are of a certain age, mm. so it is possible um, mm. because that call was big bullshit. Um, but I think Plum, uh, I'll patch, uh, pitch it to you. We had a we had a chat as a as a pod before we started recording the officiating this season has been bad it's been very very bad Uh, it's been consistently bad and i think what's great about bad officiating is that it becomes true in some respect when you're doing poorly you uh, somehow you double down on it you i mean literally my worst games as a referee, I could feel myself doubling down on my own poor performance. You get frustrated, you get tunnel vision, you start to overreact about small things that don't really matter. You start to try to get a grip and control the things that like you know you can control. And of course, those are like very, very, okay. <laughs> You're going to have to, but, but, you know, I mean, this is, well, it's probably in any situation where you have ultimate authority and you truly don't okay. want you don't, I know, I know, but you have to stop, but it, you, but it's, but it's true. I mean that, and, and it is, I mean, it's, it is that, but it's, 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 it's anywhere you, you just, you're like, God, can someone else take this, this burden? And you can't because that's your job is you're trying to do it, but it becomes very really difficult. You know, the thing in football that really makes it unacceptable. And I'm you speaking as a former soccer referee, but the thing that, that if you're going to use law enforcement as an example and, 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 uh, we should Let's soccer referees that. is that it's it's often one person, right? It's often you and one police officer. It's often one referee <laughs> and a bunch of players. So, well, but I'm just saying, like you don't in, in, in football, there are seven guys with flags on a, that and, have a def, and guys and gals, and they have they have a defined area of responsibility. They have a defined position group to watch. They have a defined section of the field to watch. They have a defined area of responsibility. There is a divide and conquer. There is absolutely no reason with the amount of money that these people are being paid that they can that it can be excusable to be as consistently bad as they have been and by the way Michigan State has not gotten the brunt of it we haven't Michigan Nebraska is inexplicable in its poor performance i mean three calls in a row in that game yeah, three got, got reviewed yeah lane tiffin well kiffin was pissed about the old miss uh, louisville game that the Big Ten, for some reason, was, I guess, as the neutral party, was invited to come in and referee. Neither team was satisfied with that performance. So whether they're doing conference games or they're on their own mood lighting to help keep the vestige of impartiality alive, which they're unable to do, uh, it, no one has been happy with the Big Ten. So there's some real questions. I know Dave Perry is retired. I don't know necessarily who the coordinator of the Big Ten uh, football consortium is now. He probably should be fired. Um, and you know, there's gotta be some real soul searching to do This is, this is not acceptable. And I'll say, and I've said it before, some conferences do better at this than others. There's a reason you don't often hear about poor sec officiating performance consistently. 
because those referees are, you know, penalized games. They're sat, they're removed from assignments and they're removed from the list. So I don't know. We need some accountability. Um, that, okay. Thank you very much for that. Um, but even when it's complaining about the rest, we, we do have to move on. Um, next up from Spartan 18, seven seventy, uh, Jonesy, what was the offensive line doing Saturday? We kind of covered this, but their best. Yeah. Next. They're trying. I, um, not great. Yeah. I, this is a, uh, this is a good question. Um, for the group, how many assistant coaches leave after this season? Define leave. Yeah, that's the that's the first question because this is not a D'Antonio situation. It's already been demonstrated. Um, I think there's going to be some changes. Uh, there's going to be one or two. Uh, you can count on that at this point, I think. Yeah, let's put the over-under at one and a half is my, my guess. Uh, I suspect that um, we'll see how the offense shakes out in the back half of the season, I mm-hmm. guess is what I would say. And... Um, you know, you, I don't know, like, here's the thing that's alarming to me is that uh, notwithstanding the fact that Quiveras Crouch was the leader in tackles today, or this, I'm sorry, on Saturday, um, it's been our, our safeties by and large. That's not a good sign. Yeah. Generally speaking. Now you, if you, if you if you do a set aside for the nickel safeties, which I, I think is a fair thing to say because they kind of operate a little bit more like a tweener between a safety and a linebacker, but it's still that X and gross have at times led the team in, in tackles is not a good sign. That's not what you um, want. No. And so I don't put that on, um, on the position coach though. Uh, I put that on Russell's. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, it's true. It's true. You, if your linebackers are not covering the field in the way that they need to, then that's on the linebackers. Yep. yep. Uh, and then, and then Spartan 18, 770 asked the big question, WTF are we all going to do for two weeks? I don't tell me housework. Cause I have peasants for that. Congrats uh, on being rich. <laughs> I love, I, I like to think that this is true. And he does actually call them peasants. <laughs> Yeah, he has like, you know, genuine genuine employees and he just calls them peasants. Peasants. Uh, peasants. Uh, So we actually have a a bit of a question like this later on. Uh, I don't know that I'll be planning on watching a ton of football. Uh, I'm I'm probably going to try and do some chores, you know, try and get ready for the back half of the season. You need to get some peasants, man. Plum, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, actually flying out to DC tomorrow. We got a wedding in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania on Saturday, but a reunion first with the Peace Corps friends. Lovely. That's very nice. That's very nice. That's making good use of that, of that bye weekend. Uh, next up from Elon Bloom. Uh, how big a hit did Walker's Heisman chances take after the Indiana game? I I think not huge. Yeah. I, I, not reading into it. Yeah. No, uh, no, no. Has- hold on a second. I, I wouldn't read into it either, but I hope it knocked him off a peg or two. I think if anything, it's this whole media campaign that's getting these, this offensive line inflated the sense of, of achievement they've had this season. You've done nothing. You've beaten Western Kentucky. You sit down, you get and study the film. You Western prove Kentucky. you're worthy. You prove you're worthy on Saturday, the 30th of October. Western Kentucky, not even an actual college football team. Probably. Don't even, what an FCS? No one even knows. <laughs> you, pe- 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 people know. 
Some people don't, though. Uh, <laughs> next up, all the matters <laughs> from Evan Center. Uh, this is more speculation. Uh, uh, do you think Reed was victim of his own success? Seems to have cooled off a bit over the last two weeks. I do think he was the victim of his own success in that he was very good and people made a point to try and stop him. Yeah. I mean, it, like it, I don't want to, I don't want to take anything away from, uh, from Naylor, but the fact of the matter is, is that his, his targets to catches going into that Rutgers game was as a percentage, a problem. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you were a, a, a defensive coordinator, if you were making personnel decisions, you would say, yeah, make him throw it to the guy that they keep missing on. Yeah. I, I don't know. So it's, it's not, I mean, Reed's not, a, he, he sure is a victim of his own success in that he was successful and they decided to change that. Everyone's got uh, a guy to stop a guy. Yeah. Right. That's it. Um, this is also a good question. What have you guys been doing for this? Uh, when you guys order carry out, do you leave a tip? Not 20%. It depends. I, we made a point to do it during COVID. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, now it's, but now I'm sort of more back to normal where I don't really as much. Or I mean, you're not talking about delivery. You're, you mean you went into the restaurant to pick it up. Right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'll leave a little bit it, just because there's the option to, and I, I Midwestern difficult to say no when the option option is given, but uh, not, they're not getting 20%. No, no, Unless no, it's no, a no, coffee no. shop. So that's different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Buck or two, but I, you know, if you didn't, I, as someone who worked in the industry, I, I don't fault you for not giving a tip for carry out now that if, assuming you live in a place where dining in is kind of returned a bit to normal. So, uh, next up, David Jackson, uh, our Panachuk and Slade upper, upper tier, big 10 players, Kevin Greck. I mean, we called them both out in the, uh, in the, uh, you know, the breakdown of the game. And I, I think they're definitely Panashuk for sure. And Slade has really turned it on this Yo, season God. Yeah. in particular. Uh, they've been very impressive. So I, I don't know if upper tier means first, second team, big 10, if it means top quartile for sure. Uh, but where in there, I'm not, you know, we'll see as things play out, but they, they are having great seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then this was a perfect question for you, Jonesy. Uh, how stupid is Joe Milton? Because we were just talking about this before we hit record. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, we we knew Joe Milton was a dumb dumb in his post game appearance um, after he he got smoked by MSU as a twenty four point favorite going into the game. So I I don't know. Not bright. Not bright, but wish him all the best at Tennessee. Dumb, 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 dumb. Carl Brown Liquor Uncle Extraordinaire asks, "Love that uh, Plum. Have you ever been more frustrated with material elements of an undefeated team?" This is a perfect plum question. (laughs) I couldn't sleep on Saturday night and it largely had to deal with the fact that I had these emotions that I didn't know what to do with. And I didn't know where they lived in my body. It was confusing to me. It was, uh, you felt bad for being angry because you were undefeated. So you didn't have any natural law justification to be so infuriated and apoplectic. Natural law. 
And yet here you were, right? And yet here you were and sort of the unresolved ambiguity, the, truly the upside down, which, and I kind of just shout out Elon Bloom. And I don't know if Elon gave us a question this week or not. I'm trying to scroll. I don't see yeah. it. But did, oh, did, did how we? big of a hit did Walker Seisman's chances take? Oh, did we already do it? So, oh, that was Elon. Okay, Elon, great question. But also, uh, I love Elon because I did the upside down and Elon called out, um, you know, poor Barb. And I was like, at least Barb didn't have to suffer through this game. You know, at least mm-hmm. Barb didn't have to suffer through that. Mm-hmm. Here, here. She, right. she was better off. Although Barb, you know, probably would have been a Hoosiers fan. It does take place in, in Indiana, you know, maybe Purdue fan. Uh, th- we also kind of covered this. Uh, well, first off, there are no Purdue fans, but um, the Ashes Joe asked, "Did we buy our own hype too soon?" I think this podcast been, didn't. This podcast yeah, didn't. I think we've been measured in our hype, Ashes Joe. We've right? been enjoying the. We've been trying our best to enjoy the ride. Yeah, I think we've we've treated this team fairly, and and I, you know, I. I think we didn't quite buy the hype too soon. Um, but next question from Ash is Joe. Would no, you wait, rather? Can I just can I just say I actually am firmly in the this team is a top sixteen team now. Like I'm firmly in that camp. Okay. Oh yeah. That like it, I I firmly believe that this is a top sixteen team. Uh, anyway, yes. Next up, uh, would you rather Greg beat Michigan but lose to Penn State and Ohio State? Or lose to Michigan, but win out. Oh, God. It's one of these. Ashes Joe. Oh, the old you put, put me in this spot. Choice. The old Sophie's choice. Put me in this spot. I mean, does losing to Michigan t- still take you to the Big Ten Championship game? I think it would. I, in which I, case, I, you're beating Michigan again in a way. Right? Yeah. Um, Back to I, Indy. Oh, I'm, just, I'm flipping through. Oh, yep, that's in my history. I've I've navigated here before. <laughs> Places that Jim has not. Uh yeah. I I Dashius Joe, I mean, what do you do? What, do you really want to hear me say it? Do you real do you Go ahead and say it? Go ahead and say it. At home. Go ahead and say it at home. Say it out loud. Say it, say out, it out loud. Say it. Say it. Say All it. right. I would, of course, beat Michigan and lose to Penn State. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. And I would, too. And I would, too. You know why? I love him, Paul, over at the Scandalaire Center. He you looks so good. Just no, Because a, we're not giving him back, damn it. We're not doing it. If the good football gods, though, came to me and they gave me this question, they were like, no one will find out what your answer is. It might be different, but that's not the situation now. Is it Ashius Joe? Uh, next up from Ashius Joe. Uh, while the quarterbacks have gotten their fair share of criticism, how bad would this defense be without Kimbra and Williams? It would we, be bad. we just covered this. EAD. It's been. It's good. They're good. Yeah. They're good. Ronald Williams, my man. All right. Uh, Colin Jankowski asks if you could add one player in MSU history to this team for the rest of the season, who would it be? I mean, it's got to be someone. It's got to be uh, what's his name? Like someone like uh, who got taken by Tennessee? Uh, uh, no, left, left. Uh, Conklin. Yeah, Jack Conklin. Something like that. It's got to be because yeah. yeah. you don't need. Yep. You don't need Le'Veon on this team. You don't what need if, Kirk Cousins. You don't need Connor Cook. I mean, that Max might be Bola? nice. Okay. 
Yeah. Or 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 Greg Jones. Mm-hmm. I mean, it different systems, so maybe they don't work out the same way. But there's also a lot of recency bias in our answers here. Yeah. Well, that's how. I mean, that well, because I, I think someone said Charles uh, Charles Rogers, no no question, and I just don't know that that's the point of need on this team. Like, right. I don't. I, I don't mean to take away from Charles Rogers and, and what an incredible talent he was. And I'm not saying Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor are in, and in his stratosphere, mm-hmm. but I don't know that he nets you the same points as an upgrade on the O line or somewhere in the defense. Yeah. Um, Don but, Coleman is my answer. Colin Don Coleman. Don Coleman. Uh, I think Biggie said that he will forever be the best MSU football player of all time. He's the guy, I believe he's the guy that they had like retired his number, like as he was cleaning out his locker. Um, anyway, that's my answer now. Uh, next up from Nate C would we have lost to a healthy Indiana? I think no. Right. Well, right. I mean, they, they have suffered a lot of, a lot of injury. It's not just Penix, but I think yeah, without penis throwing the ball, I think you do have to really wonder. But I mean, to be fair, the cultural stuff that's going on there is pretty messy. So I think, you know, they it they it sucks that they're all without their penis right now, but that's okay. They'll they'll get it back. That you pronounced it differently each time is <laughs> it's a very Joe Joe blah 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 blah, blah, blah situation <laughs> that we've got going on. Maybe we had a baby it's a boy. Uh next up from Nate C. Why is the officiating been so bad? I don't know that we've got an answer. Why? Let's not talk about that, Nate. See, let's talk about how awesome your Jeep is because it's awesome. <laughs> oh, okay. you, you guys going to start like a Jeep life podcast? Is that DMing on the side? The, on this contrast, one? the contrast color uh, soft top that he's got on that thing with the riding right on the next uh, up. John McWhat. What? <laughs> how big is the timing on this bye week? It's very good timing. We've had, we've suffered some terrible bye weeks. I seem to remember like a first week of the season by week, which is not what you need. Uh, or like, remember there was a the time week? we had like a, a, a bye week, then a game and then a bye week again. Oh, there have been some bad bye weeks over the years, but this one is right on time. You are absolutely correct. John McWatt. Yeah. Uh, next up Garvert. <laughs> we sit at seven and oh at the bye week. Thank you. Noted Garvert. We did the podcast. Imagine a parallel universe. This team is coached by Coach D'Antonio and his 2019 staff. God, I hate you. Staff before they were gutted. Gutted? He didn't gut anyone. They were fired. What is the team's record with that staff, assuming the same players transferred out and in? Uh, I'm going to say... Honestly, I'm going to say the same. Uh, There... There is not a D'Antonio team that took this many downfield shots. Okay. So maybe Nebraska. You flip Nebraska. I, I think you, honestly, I think you flip Miami. Mm. I think, I think for sure you flip Miami. And by the by, the platooning the offensive line, half of the offensive line would be hurt right now. <laughs> I, I'm not really joking about that either, though. Like, I, I don't, I, I think for sure you lose the Miami game. Yeah, we're probably at four and three, five and two. We definitely yeah. lose, we definitely lose to Miami. We definitely lose to Nebraska. We probably lose to Indiana. Shit, maybe we lose to Western Kentucky. 
Okay, settle down. No, but I'm just uh, saying we're we're either th- yeah we're three and four or we're four and three. We're probably four. There's three. not a Five whole lot two. of precedent for a game you know losing a game to Western Kentucky during the D'Antonio era. So, but you, but you don't. I don't know. He lost to Arizona game. State twice. Arizona State is not Western Kentucky. Those are different teams. Exactly. Western Kentucky has a better offense. Oh, my God. We're no better this... than five and two, but I think the injuries point is the better point. I mean, there really is something to be said for the work that's gone into nutrition, the work that's gone into strength and conditioning. I mean, there's there, there's a lot to really like about that. So. Next up from Garv, a uh, great question here. Guys, what is your least favorite utensil and why is it the fork? Hashtag forks down. And also, let me mention once that the Indi- the Indiana is the armpit of America. And then he adds in parentheticals, Greg heard my rant about this when we got drinks after Nebraska. Yes. Uh, he, Garvert was staring down Greg, the barrel. Friends with Greg. Of, uh, of looking at driving through, the as it's known as the region of Indiana, which is where you got to like skirt along Lake Michigan, um, back up through Chicago. Uh, yeah. Having just spent a weekend in that state, um, I'm not, I'm not moving there. Um, I think, you know, we have to remember the good people of Indiana, if we can call them good and we can't, sorry, John McCoy, um, is, they elected a man governor who refers to his wife as mother. And I think if that's, (laughs) if that's the only thing that you knew about the state, you'd know enough to know what, you know, everyone else does about Indiana. Uh, And we'll leave it there. Uh, We also want to, we'll do a tip of the cap to Anthony Garvert for a segment fishing uh, that is inspired by Alex Plum dressing up as Moira Rose to ask us to sort the big 10 teams as characters from Schitt's Creek. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Throw that out in the summer. Throw that in the summer. Uh, Maybe end of season. Uh, Anyway, prop bet of the week from Anthony Garbert. Number of flea flickers run by the end of the season versus the number of MSU NFL draft picks in 2022. Over under is set at 5.5. Now, bear in mind, we are seven games through the season. We have run four four flea flickers. Uh, so what do we do for the remaining six games? I think we have another four. Yeah. On average to go over. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the over, even though the finally didn't go finally didn't go for a touchdown. Flea flicker is the touchdown play is, was almost the name of the last episode, by the way, little insider knowledge. Ooh. Uh, so wait, you're saying six plus flea flickers. Through the remainder so. of the season. Ooh. Oh, through the remainder. Oh, I see. That's I see. That's what he said. I'm saying. sorry. I, oh, no, no. I'm going to go. I, actually, I, I read it wrong. Nope. Run by the end of the season. Oh, yeah. By, by the, the end, end of the season. Yep. Oh, then it yep. is over. It's over. Oh, it's over. I, t- I take over. Yep. Uh, now, how are we supposed to do this versus the number of NFL draft picks in 2022? I mean, usually with the over-under, you, you add them together, but um, we've kind of not been doing that uh, oh he wants us to add then it's over 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 all over all right next up john ebenezer nice. i didn't say you pronounce it uh what's more sus our play plum you said that earlier is this your burner yes sorry our play calling or graham couch articles <laughs> oh. <laughs> my quick hot take our rolls bowl year we had a dud game against purdue 14 to 3 
let's not freak out too much. We're seven and zero, and got a greatly timed bye week in front of Michigan. I'm with you, Ebenezer, on all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, and also it's the articles, not the play calling. Play calling's actually been pretty fine. Uh, Next up, wide receiver to point guard pipeline. Both MSU and U of M has struggled in their last two wins on the road against inferior opponents. With that said, does MSU win by 20 or 40? I love 40. the enthusiasm. 40! 50. 40! And in order for MSU to win uh, the East, K-9 has to average how many yards per game the rest of the season? Uh, One... It's 15. A- One 15. I think it's higher than that to win yeah. the to win the Big East or yeah. to win the Big Ten East. Well, think about who we're playing over the next how long. If he's right. hitting 115 a game on average, that means he's hitting a good number of yards against uh, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. What would that put him at for the season? I mean, well over a thousand, fifteen hundred. Well, he should have like been a thousand in this game. <sighs> So you'd be like above 1500. I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a damn season. Um, I I think it's gotta be just a little bit over 115. I mean, to win the big 10 East, it's going to require a lot of, of Kenneth. 150, 150. That seems like impossible. So split the difference somewhere in there. 127 is what I said. 127. Boom. Great. Love it. Nailed it. You heard it here. You heard it here. Next up, Eric Ozanek. Anyone else surprised that mm, Northwestern? Oh, yes, North, Northwestern. Northwestern beat Rutgers. Yeah, too many mm-hmm. NUs. Uh, Northwestern beat Rutgers and many beat Nebraska? Question mark. Iowa is the big shocker, but wow, I didn't see those coming. Uh, well, Nebraska is just sort of falling apart, and they yeah. could they could lose to anyone. That team is the yeah. most demoralized group of people on the planet right now. So that's a possibility. Northwestern beating anyone is is alarming. Strange. Yeah. 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 I mean, because they don't have a home field advantage. And maybe they do against Rutgers. Maybe that's the only time. Well, yeah, I guess maybe most Rutgers alum go to the city, but like I I'm sure a fair amount of them go to Chicago. Um anyway. Yeah, the West uh is bad. Uh, big bad. Next up, Jam Ryan. Will Iowa be more great? Be a more graceful loser than they were a winner. This is, of course, a reference to the entire conversation surrounding their booing of hurt players. Mm-hmm. Uh... It's not been my experience, Jam. It's not been my experience with Iowa fans. So they're a loathsome group of creatures, Iowa fans. Truly awful. Not a good one in the in the bunch. In the bunch. He says, fully knowing that we have an Iowa fan listening to this podcast. <laughs> All corn fed. Every last one of them. Just sending it straight into Jared's veins. And I'm going to get a text about it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right, next up. Just rotten to the core. <laughs> From Jam Ryan, I didn't have a chance to watch the game, but were there any jet sweeps? <laughs> <laughs> Felt like it. Uh, did they give one to Jaden Reed? They might have. I don't one. think so. Not no, they faked one to Jaden Reed and then uh, and then gave it to Kenneth Walker on a screen that got blown up for a negative five yards. That's what happened. Next up, well, Mark T. Me, Mark. Do you all smell the roses? 
I smell the roses. Oh, that would be nice, Marty. That would be nice. My man Marky, just wants a patch. I the, like. Yeah, he does, and he jacket. deserves one. If anyone deserves one, it's old Marty Mark. But listen, Marty Mark, you and me were both sharing some down in the dumps, a little glum tech uh, uh, tweets uh, this week. So I'm glad that you have recovered faster than I have with this question. Because uh, that's not how either of us were feeling uh, pretty quickly right after the end of the game on Saturday. Okay. Do you want to bring some All of the right. rest of the class to share? Wow. But, all right, yeah, next I up. I didn't know you were sidebarring with, uh, with Marky Mamar. No, I just I mean know. we were both out there like I was, I don't know. I had to delete a tweet thanks to John Hubbard for taking, right, coaching me right off the rails on that one. Good God. But, uh, Yeah. Anyway, I, I just want to say thank you for not tagging the podcast account in your tweets. Well, I know I've learned. I know better. I've got my cold takes have got to be my own. <laughs> <laughs> you live with them. Know, Next up, I've... Mike Jones, not me. Uh, Thorn, the the fourth best wide receiver on the team? Question mark. That catch was ridiculous. Tyler Hunt is reportedly a lefty and threw that dime righty. Mm-hmm. Greatest athlete MSU football has ever seen. Punter to tight end to ambidextrous QB. Did you know Drew Neitzel was ambidextrous? Uh, and then adds a photo. Wow, this was just a, was he drunk when you wrote this? Adds <laughs> a, a photo of Malik Hall. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Julius Marble yeah, holding Marble. up a, uh, a photo of a sign from the camp out that says F Jim Harbaugh in very small print. It says Jim Harbaugh sits to pee. Um <laughs> can't can't stain those khakis with with gabe you know next to him with a with a certain look that's like eh, it's true spot the lie yeah uh yeah i mean probably tyler hunt probably greatest uh greatest athlete of all time the next one is a question from mike jones uh i know you guys have been pro jay johnson uh but the predictably second down calls uh, but the predictability and lack of in-game adjustments is driving me nuts. I know he'd had some some good halves, but I really don't think he has put a full game together. Plum, rant with me. You heard me do it earlier, Jones. You heard me do it earlier. He is a mess. Jay? Jay? You're going to get punched in the throat, Jay. <laughs> Look at Ross. See what happens. It can happen to you. Look at all those cigar burns on his arms and eyeballs, Jay. Also, uh, Mike, just as an FYI, he did make actually important adjustments in this game. And in fairness to Jay, when you're throwing the touchdown play or doing the touchdown run for an entire half, what adjustments are you supposed to make? This is an execution problem. Mm. Mm. Next up, Grek with a K, Grek with an H, Screech. Yep. I can't remember the guy who looks like the Space Needle's name. Fair enough. <laughs> Since you were up there a bit, how windy was it? <laughs> this was is... Thorn just having a bad day, or was the wind really affecting his throws that much? So this is a, a true, a true phenomena. If you're taller than everyone else oh and you're God. in a crowd setting, there is a breeze Plum, that goes over this? everyone. I'm, I'm um, and I will say it was pretty windy in in Memorial Stadium on Saturday, particularly as I said when Coughlin was kicking his field goal. Uh, I don't know that it was enough though to affect the trajectory of the ball. Um, I think that I think that that was just uh, a bit of a regression for the game uh, from Mr. Peyton Thorne. 
next up, Nick Kamansky. If you could have any three people in the world on your podcast to discuss MSU Michigan football, who would they be, and why would I not be one of them? <laughs> would I not be one of them? Uh, who would you have on to actually talk about that rivalry? Oh, Graham, would, Graham Couch for sure. Oh my god, for sure, for sure, Graham with Jay. I would have us. I would have us three on the oh, podcast. That's wow. fair. That's fair. Uh, next up, Nick Kamansky. Is Tuck coming to M- to LSU? We we covered this. Yeah. No, Nicholas, you're stuck with him. Yep. You're stuck yep. with him. Sorry, but I do love the way he's living in your head. Uh, next up, CT and TC. Do you watch football during your team's bye week? He notes that he caught 10 minutes of the MSU game and the end of the Iowa game, but it was mostly fall colors day with the family. Oh, it, it seems like you had a, like a, like a well adjusted, uh, weekend, <laughs> like a real yeah. human adult. <laughs> yeah, well, well done you. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's I, good. I think I will find that football will definitely be on next Saturday. I don't know how much time I'm going to spend concentrating on it. It'll probably depend. I'll be like in and out, but that's usually if I don't have other things going on, how the TV works on a Saturday. What about you guys? Um, yeah, to an extent I, I watched the first half and then Jason, um, kind of came over and put his arm on my shoulder and was like, I, th- I think we need to leave the house. And I was like, you're right. We do. So we did. And we went, uh, to a pumpkin patch and cider milk because, uh, so next week when we're on a buy, you probably won't watch. Well, we're going to be at a wedding, but it, oh. it was, it, so the timing couldn't have gone better for us, but he recognized that my blood pressure needed the colors also a fall colors day. So here, here. That's lovely. Uh, next week, I probably will not watch any football. Uh, I will be solo bolo with the child. And, and so uh, I normally sneak it in during halftime, or I'm sorry, during nap time and then let him sleep too long to serve <laughs> my own ends. So, uh, Next up from CTNTC, do you cheer for Saban after, did you cheer for Saban after he left MSU for LSU? Will you cheer? Oh my God, you guys are pathetic. Yeah. Will you cheer for Tucker when he's at LSU next year? Uh, no and no. No and no. This was a little uh, before, I the just, Saban thing was a little before my time, but yeah, the answer just, would have been no. And just stop debasing yourself. I mean, I know it's the one <laughs> thing that Michigan fans have to look forward to is the idea that Tucker wouldn't stick around, but. Frankly, I mean, shouldn't you be more focused on your own guy, right? I mean, at this point, who everyone thought was going to leave and now can't find a home for himself. I mean, who so would much so him? that you were able to take a bargain deal on his salary. Uh, next up, what was your favorite MSU basketball recruiting win? What Ooh. still stings? Best question from CT. So yeah, uh, uh, the the answer for stings for me is will always be Jabari Parker. Yeah. Speaking about being a well-adjusted adult, yep. I had to like reevaluate things after that one of like, why am I letting a the decisions, the whims of a 17-year-old affect yeah. me in this way? Yeah, I have a vested 401k. I cannot be doing this anymore. <laughs> we have to. We have Rag. to do better than this. <laughs> well, and I think, and I think to this point, the biggest recruiting win we had was Imani Bates not choosing Michigan State. That <laughs> it will turn out to be, in retrospect, the biggest win we could have gotten. He is immature, feckless. His family is all right, all right. Moral, so. and I, I just want to point out to Jones. 
that just because your 401k is vested, does that mean that it overfloweth? It just means that you've <laughs> sat in the same cubicle for enough long time. enough. A very long, long time. enough. Just saying it was a flex. Next up, Dan Hellpepper. All the MSU fans who are currently very mad online can be traded to Indiana for a couple of home field apparel shirts or something, right? Dan, apparently not happy with people fretting over the state of the MSU team. Dan, that's our podcast. Yeah, this might be a shot directly at Plum by the sounds of it. Uh, Do you want to get shipped to to Indiana, Uh, Alex? Yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, it'd be powerful for the course. So what's West Lafayette specifically though? He needs to get down to his timeshare, bro. If you were a frustrated MSU fan with all of the success that we've had in football uh, and yeah. basketball over the last, you know, two decades, can you imagine being an Indiana fan every day would just be a massive meltdown. I didn't realize Indiana is the, uh, as a football team is the most losingest team in college football. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that either. I, I saw, didn't Purdue just end its longest non-ranked streak of all time of any Power 5 team or something uh, like that? I think it was the longest streak of not beating a ranked team, right? but simultaneously has the most ra- wins against a number two ranked team in the country. Wow. What yeah. a garbage statistic. <laughs> I mean, I, what I'm just saying. Yeah. It's sort of like streak against not, whatever. It's It's all garbage, but whatever. Uh, next up from Dan Hellpepper. How come no one tears down goalposts after a big win anymore? Field goalposts we're talking about? Yeah. I think it's, um, remember back in the day for a while, they, they had collapsible goalposts. And sometimes after big wins, the staff would go out and like remove the goalposts just in case. Because as you can imagine, those things are a hazard as they come down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at a few games where they collapsed the, uh, or maybe I'm just imagining things. What's that? Uh, I've seen it done. I've, whether it was on TV or in person, I've seen them collapse. It's bizarre to watch it happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's because it's a huge hazard, Dan, to just take your question very literally. Um, next up from John Hubbard, guys, MSU is now three for four on flea flicker. Is the season over? (sighs) (laughs) Uh, John, I think Indiana had a week extra to study the flea flicker. I think that's what it is. And I also think Thorne probably could have completed a pass on that. He just was off. So, yeah, I think that's the answer. But uh, I love that. I love that it's a staple. I love that it's a staple. I'm a little bit bummed that we had to watch one not go for a touchdown that I, I had to sit down after that happened. Um, Great question from John here. What kind of uniform are you hoping to see for October 30th? Remember, if you say neons, you're a Michigan fan. Yeah, he's right, though. I want all greens, and I want them with the Gruff Sparty helmet again. I think that's what I I was just going to say that. Yep. That's what I want. If they pulled out an MAC, though, mm. if they pulled out an MAC, I mm. would, I would, I'm pro MAC. We get it in basketball. I don't see why we can't in football. Yeah, it's just a sticker. It's yeah. just a sticker. Put it I on. Like it, Cowards. Next up, Mr. Neurotic Pants, who says, okay, I'm in the Upper Peninsula this weekend, and I see that they won, and somehow you Spartan sports-grazed miscreants are still upset. <laughs> are we OSU or Alabama? Do we pout about having our cake and eating it too? Calm your tits. <laughs> this makes me want to go back through all of his questions and find one that he was upset about an MSU win. 
yeah, <laughs> put his nose in it. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was. I, I Indiana didn't feel like the team to have a shortcoming on offense. I think that's mm-hmm. what I'll say. It like to 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 push back because it's not a bad question. Like we we've, we've we've been pro have fun on this podcast that this is unreal what's happening, but this didn't feel like the team to have a a bad offensive outing. So, uh, next up from Mister Neurotic Pants, is it odd that I'm more attached to MSU sports than my alma mater, Northern Michigan? Uh, and he he has a, a video of uh, a Northern Michigan hockey game that he was watching. That's rad. I'm glad we get two Northern uh, references in consecutive weeks. Uh, I love me some some Northern Michigan. Never been there, but I, I know about it. Uh, I've uh, you know I admire it from before from afar. I think it's probably hard though to stay up with NMU sports in the way that you you can very easily with MSU. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and the stakes are a little bit higher. And the, I mean, there's a number of and you know. You've got a fellow alum that's the coach of the basketball team. So there you go, there you go. That's all it says. It all it needs to right there. Also, I I wonder. I I wonder. I don't know. But Michigan State presents, particularly living in the area, it presents an opportunity for you to have um, become entrenched in a community a little bit quicker, Mm -hmm. potentially. Which I think just half of all of this is is the tribe that you get to be part of, um, which makes it fun and exciting. Last up from Mr. Neurotic Pants, there are reports that Mark D'Antonio drunk dialed Mel Tucker, boasting that this year's success is his doing. Would you like to comment on it? I think this is an excellent, uh, excellent little bit because it's a number of D'Antonio dudes who are showing out right now. Yes, yeah. bigly. Yeah, want a lot of credit for not leaving the cupboards bare, I believe is kind of what I'm seeing on the old Twitterverse right now, right? Yeah, it's funny how sort of uh, the uh, what do you call it the the um, like the prevailing idea, the narrative. That's what I wanted. Narrative starting to shift a little bit on how bare that cupboard was, after all. Yeah, I don't think any of us thought the offensive skill positions were empty. Is I guess what I would say. The improvements on the offensive line are surprising. And let's not forget that we went into this offseason with like one scholarship, two scholarship linebackers and three scholarship linebackers. I'm sorry, three scholarship linebackers and one scholarship cornerback. That Speaking entire de- defense was turned over. Scholarship uh, linebackers. What's going on with Noah Harvey? Have we seen anything from him recently? Was he he, he played game? in the last game. He played. Oh, he did. In, okay. Yeah. He got some snaps. But he's a guy that, uh, I mean, whatever he wants to do, whatever makes him happy, do. But I don't doubt that he would be able to contribute more on a different defensive scheme. Mm. So if he does transfer out, and I'm not saying he should or that I want him to be gone or anything like that. But if he does, um, I he's a guy that I sincerely hope great things for because he stuck around. Like, yeah. he's been clearly moved to this to the back end and and i hope great things for him so uh next up mama maple leaf how many biz were sunk this weekend greg this that's is, to you this is to me so uh, when you're at nick's english hut there is a drinking game there called sink the bismarck 
uh, and it is not hygienic. <laughs> but um, unfortunately, so basically how it works is you you have a group of people um, and then they all pour their beer into this little glass that's suspended in a bucket of beer. And the glass, once it, reaches, once it reaches a certain threshold, it goes underneath the surface level of the beer and that person has to reach in and drink the whole thing and then they get the whole process started again. It involves a lot of hands going into buckets of beer that are then consumed. And those buckets of beer do become just disgusting by the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, due to COVID protocols, there were none consumed, but I will be going back to consume one as soon as is reasonable because... Uh, for as awful as the people of Bloomington are, it is a lovely place to spend time. Can we play that uh, at your place sometime? We can. I have a Sync the Bismarck set, so we absolutely can do that. This was not offered up while I was in town. I just want to point we, that out. It didn't. We didn't, you know, next time. we You can't just put it all out on the table, you know, the first time that you, you come over You've to always house. put it out on the table the first time. Uh, next up, which do you expect the MSU staff to spend more time studying in the upcoming Northwestern U of M game? The U of M offense, spelled incorrectly, or the U of M defense, <laughs> spelled incorrectly? And why, you Canadian communist? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so violent. I mean, the answer is the, the U offense. of M offense, um, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, probably because Northwestern actually, you know what? Northwestern doesn't have a defense, is what they don't have. So maybe you do. Maybe then. You have them defense. Uh, Next up, and last up from Mama Maple Leaf in this present moment, there are reports of supply chain shortages impacting the holiday gift giving season. I forgot to include the question about presently, by the way. Choose one of the gifts below for yourself and then relegate the others to your co-hosts. Beer of the month, pizza of the month, maid of the month, rapid fire plum. Start with you. Ooh, I would take maid of the month. Mm. I would give pizza of the month to Groot because the boy needs to eat and you would get beer of the month, Jonesy. Correct? Uh, uh, Sure. Uh, I'll take that. I'll take pizza of the month. That sounds good. Or what, beer of the month. What, what do you re- no? You get to choose one for yourself and then relegate the others to your, your co hosts. All right. I'll take beer of the month. Uh, you get, Jonesy, you get pizza of the month and, you know, plum, keep made of the month. Oh boy. Uh, I for sure need made of the month. Uh, so I'm taking that. And uh, I agree with Plum's logic. Plum gets the beer, correct needs the pizza. Uh, there was, next- there, we should throw in here, there was a, a question. From always thinking 1835, defending Mama Maple Leaf from last week about her use of the English language, but involved a, a secondary, uh, you know, definition, which we all agree are invalid. So, yeah, I don't know what shill would be defending Mama Maple Leaf for this, but I can say that anytime you have to rely on a secondary or tertiary definition, you're not. You know, and I get this is don't read, you can't read, can't read. Oh my God, I don't know what podcast oh, we're on. Can't oh speak. Lord, oh Lord, help. But uh, anyway, if it's not the primary definition, you might as well be defending the use of it regardless. All right. And with that, you know, I don't know what else you have to say. Yeah. All right. My dad can yeah. get up your dad. Next up, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Will, and last up, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Will we see Thorn catch another pass this year? Two more. Oh. Over under at 0.5 is not his question, but it's mine to you. Over. 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 All right. Uh, yeah, I can see I can see something out of that. Um, next up from my brother, your guy, 
upper deck jerk guy. What defensive player would you least like to take a tackle from? Great question. Oh man, there have been some crunchy hits this season. Um, I think that gross. Yeah. Yeah. Angelo gross has probably had the biggest hits, right? Yeah. Of them. Yeah. He just called out Darius snow though. Don't sleep on, uh, I mean, uh, what uh, nephew of uh, of uh, Eric Snow um, talked post game about how after a play, he, you know, sort of Mel Tucker mantra will will like think about the play, examine the play, and in the back of his mind is his uncle saying, "Did you hit hard enough?" And indeed, the team's uh, award every week for best hit is the uh, the Percy. I'm sorry, the Eric Snow. Um, uh, no, Percy Snow. Is it Percy Snow? Yeah, this is going sideways. Next up, uh, yeah, the snow. (laughs) Next up from the Epidemic Jerk guy, uh, can we start the Fire Johnson hashtag yet? Work it out with uh, Mr. Neurotic Pants, all right? (laughs) And Alex Plum and uh, Dan Hellpepper, apparently. Jay, 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 (laughs) people are saying Jay. Uh, Gentlemen, we are at 7 and 0. It is a place that some of us maybe said on the podcast we would be, but I don't know that any of us thought that that was really realistic. Uh, it is a time to be alive, and we are about ready to head into rivalry week like, whoa. So as we head into the off week, I just say to you, go green and enjoy this moment. Go white. Go white, gentlemen. <laughs>